Blog Talk Radio. Let's get lost in a better place. Pick up the world, travel through time and space. So much to learn, so much to see. A chance to escape reality. Open your mind and your heart. Good morning, everyone. This is MJ Network, MJ after my sister, Marsha Joyce, and this is going to be fantastic. We're going to welcome the author of Jesus, the Rabbi of Nazareth. This is a phenomenal story that I read. This is Fran Lewis, and I am your host, and I welcome everyone that's listening. A true story based on how the author, through a child, created a child named Becky, learned the truth about why Jesus banned Adam and Eve from the Garden of Eden, and how the lives of people changed. Welcome, Marilyn Leibowitz. Hi, good morning, and I'm so happy that you are here. Oh, good morning, Fran, and thank you for the invitation, and Happy New Year to you and to everyone who's listening. There's a lot of people listening, trust me. So when creating this plot, how did you create the journey for Becky? This is an original way to create this story, by the way, really original. Well, Well, thank you. Well, you know, each of us has a story to tell about our life's journey, Uh, but we're not all on the same path. However, I think all of us have the same question about life. And the question is, what's it all about, Alfie? I found my answer in the Bible. And Mm -hmm. for me, it's a map, a compass, and the one true North Star. So I wanted to communicate that in a way I thought people could relate to, rather than just lit list uh, spiritual bullet points. So I chose to tell the story using the format of a family faced with the challenge of reevaluating how they viewed God, life, and themselves. And I incorporated some of my conversations with people that I've had Mm -hmm. over the course of my life and my own personal experiences as well as my parents' experience. That, that's interesting because it made the story come to life for me a lot better, for me to understand oh, why you wrote it. Yeah, well, I, I figured just listing spiritual, theological bullet points wouldn't hold people's interest. But telling a right. real-life story and incorporating some real-life experiences would perhaps pique people's interest. It, it did because I read this in Zap Time. I read very quickly. But, Mm -hmm. you know, for those people that want the religious aspect, she has added some things at the end of the book that you can read. So why did she decide to change her religious direction? And tell us why Jesus chose her, which is really interesting. Well, Becky is a seeker, like me, curious Mm -hmm. about life and its meaning. I always wanted to know God. That was my heart's desire. And so... Becky is the same, and uh, when she met Jesus, he impacted her life, and she decided to follow him because she believed that 
what he told her in their conversations were meaningful, and she believed he had the answers to the many questions she had about life. And uh, why he chose her, I think he chose her because she was, he knew that she was open-minded, not prejudiced against him as many, many people are today, as you know, uh, without mm-hmm. having met him. And uh, she was teachable. And that's very important in our journey in life. We need to be teachable because we learn from each other. And she wanted to know God with all her heart. And the scriptures say, you will find me when you search for me with all your heart. And that's in the Old Testament, Jeremiah twenty nine thirteen. I'm learning a lot listening to you. Trust me. So what messages did he want her to understand, and why was she crucified? Well, God wants us to know that the Bible, both the Older and the Newer Testament, was written by men, but inspired by him and his Holy Spirit. It is God's progressive revelation of himself and his redemption plan. It will help us navigate through this life, which is relatively short, and finally guide us to our home in heaven, which is eternal. And throughout the pages of the Older and Newer Testament, God's redemption plan is progressively revealed. It begins, the story really begins in Genesis, the first book of the Torah, when Adam and Eve disobeyed God in the garden. And I know this is difficult for many people to believe that it's literally true that there was an Adam and an Eve. But in order to follow the revelation of the redemptive plan and believe that Jesus restored what was lost in the garden, you have to begin there with the truth of the scripture, which I believe. So when they disobeyed God, a series of consequences were set in motion. Mm-hmm. They lost their relationship with God. They had a wonderful relationship. He created paradise for them. But they listened to Satan instead of him, and so there were consequences to pay. Uh, they were expelled from the garden, and penalties were imposed. Now, how does that relate to us? That's a question that people, this happened thousands of years ago. How is that relevant to us? Well, Adam and Eve represented us in the garden. They were the representative heads of the human race. So when we're born, we inherit their legacy. They were directed to live east of Eden, and that's where mankind has been living ever since. So all of the evils we experience in life is the direct result of the fall, the sickness, the pandemic, the racial injustice, the election chaos, all of it is chaos. This is not God's original script. We threw away his script. We threw it away. We wrote our own script. So now we're reading the script that we wrote. All the accidents, the losses in life are consequences of the fall. So we're born, we were born spiritually disconnected from God and bound for eternal separation from him unless 
And until we have an encounter with Jesus, and we can, his invitation is open to everyone. But we have an adversary. It's Satan. And there is a real Satan. He is invisible. And because he's invisible, he wants us to believe he's fictional. But he's not. Um, So Jesus died on the cross in answer to your question why he was crucified. Yeah. God the Father sent him to the cross in order to restore our relationship with God and give us spiritual life. In other words, Jesus died on the cross so that what we lost in the garden would be restored. In other words, he died so we would have a second chance. And Satan's main objective is to keep us away from the truth of what happened on the cross because he's evil and he's deceptive and he has an agenda. And his agenda is to destroy God's plan. Unfortunately, an amazing, an amazing amazing transaction took place on the cross between God and Jesus. He paid our Mm -hmm. sin debt. We had a sin debt. What separated us from God? Sin separated us from God. So when we would stand before God someday, as we all will, God's going to say, well, who's going to pay your sin debt? That's why we have the Day of Atonement every year, Yom Kippur. Not every every Mm -hmm. year uh, there's Yom Kippur the Day of Atonement, Uh, but it's done every year, and it's a covering. Yom Kippur is covering. Yom Kippur is a covering. It was only meant to be a covering until the Messiah would come, and the Mm -hmm. Messiah would take away the sin. So Jesus took away the sin, and he doesn't have to do it uh, every year. He did it once and once for all. So now, because the sin atonement is paid and the paid in full, everyone who believes in him now has spiritual life, is restored to the original relationship mm-hmm. that was forfeited in the garden, and he now belongs to Jesus. He's no longer disconnected from God, and our destiny has changed. We're no longer bound for eternal separation from God and hell. There's a heaven and there's a hell. We have to know that because people are dying every day, we know, from the pandemic, and Mm -hmm. not everyone is landing in the right place. People need to know that. They need to know the truth. And now because of our relationship... If they don't don't go for him, if, in other words, the benefits that you're saying, what what negatives happen then? As a result. Yeah, what happens? What happens is 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 they continue on the on the track. Think of a train. A train can only travel on the track uh, the way the tracks are set. So we're born spiritually disconnected from God. We're eternally separated, and the train is traveling towards eternal separation from God. So when Jesus comes in and dies for us on the cross, the transaction, he acts like, to make it, um, let's say, maybe hopefully not too simplified, too much, but he acts like the railway switchman. He actually switches the tracks of the train. So we are no longer bound for eternal separation from God and hell, but we're now 
restored to our original relationship with God, and we're bound for mm-hmm. heaven. And we, only the forgiven, will enter heaven and the kingdom of God. It's not that we're better than anyone else. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're forgiven. And unless we're forgiven and the sin debt is paid, we mm-hmm. will continue on the original journey. This Based is, uh, on well, the legacy, on the legacy of Adam and Eve, we come in with that legacy. That's what the scriptures reveal. And the story mm-hmm. begins in the Torah. The concept of a Messiah is a Jewish concept. It was the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob who promised a Messiah. It did not begin in the first book of the New Testament, Matthew, where some people believe the story begins. No. Mm -hmm. Uh, I believe that the Older and Newer Testament is one book. It's a progressive revelation of God, and the redemptive plan is the centerpiece. And it's uh, the one author, God, wrote the whole book. And he it begins with paradise lost, and it ends with paradise restored. And well, Becky, Becky wanted a lot of questions answered. Yes, but you created did. this in a very original way. So she wants well, question. You. How did you how did you create the play, which was really interesting? And then we meet her parents and grandparents and brother, and they were not happy. So how did well, you create this yeah. play that was in the book? Well, the play, well, I always had in mind, I said, how am I going to hold people's interest in people's interest? Because um, not everybody is interested in spiritual things, and, and that's okay. Uh, everybody's different, and we have to respect where everybody is. Uh, so that was my challenge. So I felt the play. Because many people don't read the Bible, they're not acquainted with the characters and stories in the Bible, only what we see sometimes in the movies. Mm-hmm. So the play was a way to introduce some people whose lives Jesus had impacted because he did many miracles. He was fascinating to many people. He had a huge following. And uh, Josephus, who was a Jewish historian, called Jesus a wonder worker. God called him his son. Now, well, to your second question, with regard to uh, how Becky's family accepted, it's usual. Yeah, they were it's not usual. <laughs> it's usual in a family, a Jew, especially a Jewish family, when someone accepts Jesus, they look like, uh, well, they crossed the line. Yeah, You're now a traitor. You're a traitor. You turned your back on the Jewish people. Uh, mm-hmm. But praise God, my family and friends were and were and are very accepting of me. Well, we wrecked respect each other where we are and Mm -hmm. that's the key respect not only for the story that i'm telling but we need this respect across the board uh in our culture where we live we have to respect people even though we may not agree with them we have to learn to agree with each other uh even if we disagree so That's our good relationship overrides any differences uh, we may have. And, it, oh, and it, essentially, 
Becky had to deal with the same things that that I had to with uh, opposition uh, from other people outside my family. Mm-hmm. Not everybody was happy with the fact. But you see, from my perspective, Jesus is the Messiah of Israel. That's my main mm-hmm. point. He's not the other okay. God, uh, and that's what the grandmother fights against in the story uh, because of her background, where she's coming from, and her experiences with the Nazis who wore hook cross. She just cannot relate to Becky's acceptance of Jesus. And she comes very strong against it, and she just can't believe that the daughter, as she says in her words, the daughter of my daughter would follow Jesus and the way of the cross. Because to her, the cross represents death. Mm -hmm. And that's the achievement of Satan. He's made something which is a symbol of life. He made it into a symbol of death. And many people stay far away from it, not knowing what they're turning down. I firmly believe in my heart of hearts that when they say no to Jesus, again, who I believe is the Messiah of Israel, not only speaking to the Jewish people, they don't know what they're saying no to. And that's so sad because the consequences are immense and eternal. I know. You only have one chance on this side to land in the right place when you die, and someone needs to tell you that. And people are afraid to speak out today. And my responsibility for the Lord, before the Lord, who I will stand before someday, is fulfilled when I tell people there are two landing places when you die. And it's the most important decision you'll ever make more than who you marry, more than the house you buy, the car you buy, the career you choose. All of those are wonderfully important. But the most important decision each and every one will make is where we're going to spend eternity. Now, all of us in our life experience know that life is unpredictable. We don't know how much time we have. We all have lost family members unexpectedly mm-hmm. who were very young. And we, uh, all of us, the whole world has experienced this. But the scriptures say our days are numbered. The only one who knows is God. He numbers our days. And then he gives us God moments, what I call God moments. He tries to intervene in the darkness of our world and say there is hope, there is a way out of this. Read the scriptures. I gave you the Bible. It's, it's a map. It's a compass. It's going to help you in your journey in life. And what we have because of the darkness and the work of the adversary, the devil, is we have a culture which mocks the Bible, which makes it very difficult for a Christian to share their faith. Uh, and the purpose of the Satan is, again, and we, I just have to bring this home, is to keep us away from the truth. He has an agenda, and that's to spoil God's plan. God's mm-hmm. heart is to restore what was lost in the garden. And that's why... Jesus went to the cross 
to restore what is lost and to give man a second chance and hope, something we desperately need now. We're going through an overwhelming experience. Unprecedented is the key word people keep saying. We've never experienced anything like this. It's one catastrophe after another. Uh, one chaotic experience. Look what happened yesterday. You know? Yep. Now, what happened horrible. yesterday? And there were four people. Yeah, four yeah people amazing. Got yeah, what happened? Well, that's not it's who sad. we are. That's not who I we know. are. That's not who our country is. And um, But it's part of the chaos. It's part of the darkness that we're living in. But there's a way of hope. There's a way out. He gave it to us. He placed it in our hands. He gave us the scriptures. He sent people into our lives to give you the mm-hmm. truth. Uh, but, you know, we have our own way of doing things and then our own way of thinking. And uh, we think we're right. Uh, we all do. You know, I didn't always believe this. Uh, I went down a different path before God intervened in my life and redirected my steps, mm-hmm. told me I was going down the wrong path. I was involved with the New Age cults. I had a guru from India, and I believed that all roads led to God. Well, sounded good to me, uh, but wasn't true because I had, didn't have a Bible in my house and never read it. So when I began to read the scriptures, I began to see, oh, well, okay, I have to realign my thinking because this is what God is revealing in his truth. And then he enabled me by his Holy Spirit to come to believe this is true. And then he equipped me and urged me to go out and share the the gospel with others. But well, there, there, also, there are several other things that we need to yeah, bring out. Though. Okay, okay. Uh, okay. I'm sorry. Um, I don't mean to go on. Sometimes I get okay. carried away. <laughs> well, in order to in order to really understand what happened, we have to understand why Becky went to Israel, and although her mother didn't want him to, her brother went also. And how would this bring yeah. them closer? Yet in different places well, with really religious bring, beliefs, it didn't really bring didn't them bring them bring them closer. No, not really. No, she felt God was calling her to go there and share yeah. the good news with the Jewish people there. Now, why there? As you're asking. Now, God doesn't always explain everything. He says in Scripture, God's ways and thoughts are not our ways and thoughts. He thinks differently. So he wanted her there. Her brother, uh, after the father, their father died, and yeah. then Becky uh, became a Christian, a believer and follower of Jesus, he felt very threatened by this. And he felt that um, he felt alone and he felt sad and he didn't know what to do and he was diff- he had difficulty handling this and he felt his Jewish identity was being threatened by his close sister accepting Jesus and all the things she was telling him. So he felt he was invited by a friend to go to Israel uh, as sort of a vacation or a change of scenery. So he accepted the invitation and then he joined the Israeli Air Force because, in his mind, uh, he felt it would give him a purpose. It would redirect his um, his thinking, which was negative now, and reinforce his identity as a Jew because now he would belong to the Israeli Air Force. And it's a wonderful thing. Uh, but it separated them. It kept them separated because they were on different roads. 
but he he died, and I cried. I felt so bad, but yes. I understood why. I understood oh, why. You know, I had a few people ask me, I "Why felt so did bad. you have Charlie die? Why did Charlie yeah. have to die?" And and someone came to me and said, "You know, I was hoping somewhere you would you would you would change the direction." Uh, that really he would couldn't. be found after the plane crash, and and they'd yeah. find him, and he'd be alive. But I intentionally ha- kept him in in the storyline. He had to die because I had to convey that uh, not everyone is going to make the right choice, and yeah. Charlie didn't make the right choice. I had to bring that home in a real way in the story. Charlie made the wrong choice, and as a consequence, he will not be with Becky in heaven. Now, that's a very sharp reality to bring home. Yeah, it is. But that's the message of the gospel. We have one invitation and one chance to get it right, Uh, and that's our only hope. Jesus died a horrible, horrible death. Yeah, I know. Now, why would someone do that? Uh, And all the disciples also died except for John, who was on the island of Patmos at the end of his life. Um, All of them were crucified or or were beheaded. They had horrible deaths. Now, why would... First, the question is, why would an innocent man, Jesus, die for us? And second, why would the disciples die for a lie? If they knew all of this was uh, you know, a, a falsehood, why would they risk their lives and die? Because they all died except for John. They died in different ways. Some were beheaded, some were torn asunder with horses, and uh, some were crucified. In fact, Peter asked to be crucified upside down because he said, my life is not worthy. I'm not worthy enough to die the same way Jesus died. Mm. So he asked to be crucified upside down. Now, if all this is false, and the disciples would have to know what is true and what is not true, because Peter saw the resurrected Christ. Now why yeah, would but they he blamed do that? her, but her family blamed her. They didn't want to talk. Yes, they were they angry blamed with her. They blamed her for Charlie they because her they for felt. The death. Yeah, they yeah, blamed they her for, and that's that's I can understand that because the family, they felt that uh, Charlie went to Israel mainly to search out his Jewish wow. identity, find out who he really yeah. was. He felt Israel would bring him closer to the truth. Uh, unfortunately, he was so encapsulated in the lies of Satan that he wasn't successful. So, of course, the mother and the grandmother and the rest of the family, they said, look, Becky, don't even come to the funeral because it's because of you and all this Mishagas, right, with Jesus, uh, that all these things happen, and Charlie is now dead. Now, that's perfectly understandable, but I had to, and it's funny that you should bring it up because several people asked me, why Charlie have to die? Why? That makes, you know, they want a happy ending. Well, the only happy ending that we're, all of us are going to have is to accept Jesus' atonement for our sin debt. He paid it in full. He went to the cross. He died a horrible, horrible death. Yeah. And so the, the sin debt is paid. It's paid in full. All we have to do is receive it. And our relationship 
with God is restored. And how the only she, way we, how did she I'm interact sorry. with him yeah. each time he came to her? He came to her just when he always knew that she needed him. How did he well, know? Well, that's God. Well, that's yeah, I know. God. That's God. But God knew yeah. exactly that's why. God knew. And he told God him to stay out. Yeah, he God knows did, us. If you not accept he, him, you didn't get into heaven. In other words, yeah. if you didn't, if, yeah, you, if he approached you and said, no, you're not going to get into heaven, you're going to go down down below where the fire is. Yeah, but that, we that have is, to understand. No, we have to understand we're heading there anyway. That's oh, where our train, we're when we're from, born, yeah. we're on the train. Yeah, the train is heading towards eternal separation from God because we came in with the, with the legacy from Adam and Eve. That's where our train is heading. Uh, now, what he does uh, when he when he encounters when we have an encounter with uh, Jesus uh, through the scriptures, what he does he acts like the railway switchman. He switches the tracks. You know, the train can only travel the way the tracks are set. Mm-hmm. So, if we're traveling on a train and the tracks are set towards eternal separation, through no fault of our own, but Adam and Eve represented us there. And so the fall affected all of us. And we're seeing the consequences, you know, of the fall, this darkness and chaos. This, is, this was not God's original script. This is our script. We threw away his script. We rejected him. And our culture, in my opinion, has told God to take a hike. And so we Yeah, of course it's sad. But there's hope. The hope is the cross we we're, we're the sin that was paid and he can turn this all around and that's mankind's only hope uh and i've accepted him i believe he's the messiah of israel trying to share mm-hmm. it with everyone i love because uh i love them i want them to make the right choice and i've experienced all of this uh this is real you know, uh, my question, my question that I didn't yes. add in here, but it's curious to know. I know that that you believe whatever you believe, and I, you know, I have to admire that seriously and respect it. But what about people that are uh, rabbis? How would they, how would they relate to somebody like this? Now, Becky's story is very powerful, and there are a lot of messages that you need to tell everybody. Which are the ones that are most important? Because she learns a lot of lessons along the way. But how would a rabbi feel about reading this book and learning what, you, what your, your your story was? How would they feel about that? Well, I don't think. Um, well, initially, I would imagine they would not be happy with it. Uh, okay. They might look upon me as someone who turned their back on the Jewish people. And okay. there's a word, a word called Meshumad, uh, okay. <laughs> which means which means traitor. So yep. that may be the initial reaction. However, the scriptures will override uh, the rabbi or who anyone else who rejects this, uh, because the scripture says, "You will find me if you search for me with all your heart." And that was the only thing that I had going for me. I wanted to know God. And I remember uh, one day when I was a teenager, I looked up at the clouds and I said to God, I want to know you. And God honored that. And he redirected my path and steps when I took a wrong turn in the, with the New Age cults. So if the rabbi or anyone else wants to know God, 
and mm-hmm. goes to the scripture, uh, that's our authority. You know, we all believe different things, but what's our authority? How do we know it's true? Now mm-hmm. we have politically correct operating, a dynamic called politically correct. Whatever you believe is your truth. Whatever I believe is my truth. But what's our authority? My authority now is the Bible, because I believe it's written by God and was in my hands. That's, that's interesting. Now, here's another interesting yeah, question. Yeah, so we have to have an authority <laughs> for what we believe. Otherwise, yeah. you believe one thing and I believe another. Well, that that's unfortunately the, the story of the world. But yesterday I watched those riots. Four people got killed. And the police yes. got one, and three were in the hospital, and that was that was inexcusable, oh, that was absolutely inexcusable. It was um, shocking. A lot of things, a lot of things that are happening, and this pandemic, as far as I'm concerned, was because people weren't paying close attention, and that's even yes. better. And yes. yeah, well, Becky's story is very powerful. Now she's an Israel. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed it. Let me tell you something. I have to be very honest. I'm very fussy about who I ask to interview on my show. I'm serious. And if I don't think that what they write is credible, I'm not going to do an interview either. I'm very funny about that. I don't Mm -hmm. do negative shows at all. I won't say negative comments, and I don't believe in saying writing negative reviews. There's enough people that could do that instead of me. So if after I read it, and I was glad, thank you, Rachel, for telling me, to, to read this, and she said, you're going to love it. It's really special, and it is. Because those of you that have a different mindset, you know, everybody does, this is an interesting way to understand a different mindset, and, and maybe you change your belief in what you think. So mm-hmm. Becky's story is powerful and has many messages. And what does she learn by living in Israel? Where does she wind up at the end? And then we're going to talk about the scriptures briefly. Okay. Now, she, uh, this, I ended the story perhaps prematurely with the grandmother uh, yeah. and what she experienced. Uh, so there might be a continuation. I'm praying about that. Uh, uh-huh. So far, I don't feel God um, nudging me to uh, write a sequel. But oh, I was going to do it. I was going yeah, well, to do it. <laughs> well, thank you. You've been so encouraging, Fran. I appreciate that. Well, I might now that I have time. So uh, I'm retired now, and we know the pandemic has given us all a lot of time to to think yeah, and reevaluate everything. Now, uh, returning to the scriptures, you are referring, I think, to the. Um, At the end of the book, yeah, at the end of the book, I list a few, uh, several scriptures, because there are over 300 prophecies in the Older Testament which point to the Messiah, because God just telling us a Messiah is coming, well, how are we going to identify him? So he gives us, in the Older Testament, he gives us over 300 prophecies how to identify him. And I'll just, uh, may I share two with you? Mm-hmm. Go on. Okay. Okay. Um, uh, that's what you're asking, right? Well, we have, you wrote, you, you have both scriptures at the end, right? So I said, right. can you explain like two of them? Now, the one yes. that interests me, okay. except the book in front of me, people, 
Make sure that I have the information right. I don't like. I never. Ma- I don't like making mistakes ever. Okay. How the Messiah will make the blind see and the deaf hear. That is a very, is very interesting. How did you? How did you include? What did you include that? And then there was a second one. Um, the Messiah will be silent in front of his accusers. Those are the two. Could you explain those? Okay. Well, let me find them. Uh, I see the first I'll one. I'll tell you exactly what Messiah will be have... silent in front of his accusers. So in the Old Testament, in Isaiah 53:7, and Isaiah was a Jewish prophet who lived 700 years before Jesus. He writes, now this he lived before Jesus, and this is one of the messianic prophecies to identify the Messiah when he comes, that God gave us, because otherwise anybody, and people did, say, I'm the Messiah. So it reads, he was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before his shearers is silent. So he did not open his mouth. In the New Testament, describing the narrative of Jesus' life, then the high priest stood up and said to Jesus, Are you not going to answer? What is this testimony that these men are bringing against you? But Jesus remained silent. So he Mm. fulfilled. Let me just add one more, if I may, and then I'll go to the the other one. It said the Messiah would be betrayed by a friend. I was going to ask that one next. I just looked at it. Yeah, okay. All right. Now, in Psalm 1-9, this is in the Old Testament, as a mm-hmm. prophetic uh, uh, scripture verse, my close friend, someone I trusted, one who shared my bread, has lifted up his heel against me. And we read in John, the New Testament, I am not referring to all of you. This is Jesus speaking. I know those I have chosen, but this is to fulfill the scripture. He who shares my bread has lifted up his heel against me. So Mm. you have Jesus actually quoting the Old Testament prophecy. Jesus himself is quoting the Old Testament prophecy. Uh, So that's why I put it in for people to study and now, one more very quickly. The Messiah would be born in Bethlehem. Well, now we're mm. all familiar with that. Uh, Micah in the Old Testament says, But you, Bethlehem, though you are small among the clans, out of you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel. Now, we all know that Jesus was born in Bethlehem, but the interesting thing to me is that when she was pregnant and ready, almost ready to give birth, they were not in Bethlehem. They were in Nazareth. Now, if Jesus was born in Nazareth, he would not qualify to be the Messiah. So what was Mm. God going to do? He arranged a census so that Joseph, the father, would have to register in the census. And where was Joseph from? Bethlehem. So that's how God uh, arranged the circumstances for Jesus to be born in Bethlehem, because if he wasn't, then he's not qualified. Because one of the qualifications, and one of the um, messianic prophecies of how to identify the Messiah is that he was going to be born in Bethlehem. 
Uh, before I forget, I don't want to forget. Okay. On Monday, okay. Cindy McDonald will be here with her cute murder mystery, Back to the Berg. On the 13th, the author of Blood and Low Country. And on the 14th, I normally don't do uh, three shows in a week, but psychotherapist Dennis Palumbo is very profound. He's really interesting. And my show uh, died on the 30th because of technical difficulties, because of the storm. We're going to talk about fear, isolation, depression, anxiety, and how to deal with those during this horrific pandemic. And listening to him, you feel a whole lot better. On the 18th, uh, the madness of Mercury. And on the 20th, I am so honored. James Grappando is going to talk about his new book, 20. And that's just coming up this month. There's a whole lot more coming up next month. So after reading your book, what do you want readers to come away with? And how much of you is Becky? Okay, well, I think I shared the most important points. Is you did. The decision we make about Jesus. Uh, what decision we make about him uh, will determine our eternal destiny and where we will live for eternity. And we all know it's much longer than the span of life we have here. Uh, and none of us know how long that is. Uh that is crucial, essential, and I think that's the heart of the Bible. It's God's redemptive plan. How much of it is me? Uh, a lot of it is me because uh, in many ways I am Becky, searching for answers to life's meaning. Uh, went down several wrong roads in my search because I didn't have the Bible, which is, again, a map, a compass, uh, mm -hmm. And God mercifully redirected my steps. The book also includes many conversations I've had with a lot of people because not everybody, as you well mm -hmm. know, is accepting of Jesus, uh, the cross. Uh, there are a lot of lies about him. Uh, and so, uh, and we have an adversary to our soul. We have to know that. Uh, he doesn't want us. Uh, his intentions are not good. God's intentions are always good. Uh, and he wants to keep us away from the truth, from the cross, and uh, our only hope. Uh, so that's the main, the main uh, essential elements of the story. And, um, and that's how God led me to uh, share. Uh, I felt... Uh, very comfortable writing. I love to write. So mm -hmm. I said, uh, you know, I'm just going to write it out for people. You know, I'm getting older. I don't know how much time I have left. I have some underlying health issues. I said, well, you know, I've had an unusual journey. I want to share it, uh, with, mm -hmm. especially with people I love and know, my family and so forth. How can I not share what I know or believe to be true? Uh you know, as I wrote at the end of the book, uh, yeah. you're riding down a road during a storm. A man suddenly appears with a lantern, and he says, the, the bridge is washed out down the road. You better stop or take a detour. Now, that man in the, comes out in the storm, doesn't have to come out. He can stay in his house, and we can equate that spiritually. I didn't have to share my story. 
be, if I was really selfish and fearful of people's opinion of what I say or share, then I would just stay in my cozy house. The storm goes on. People go down the road without knowing the bridge is washed out. But I felt my responsibility to people I love, my family, my friends, and to strangers is to tell you what I believe is the truth. The bridge is washed out down the road. How could I not tell you? Fran, if you believed what I believed, wouldn't you want to share it with people? If you really believed in your heart that the bridge down the road is washed out, wouldn't you feel incumbent upon yourself? I have to let people know. This is what I, I have learned. In, in your sense, yes. Yes, in your sense, yes. Yeah, I'm, I'm very, yeah. very, very. I'm very blunt. I'm very blunt. <laughs> yeah, and if I believe in <laughs> you, something, you would want it. Yeah, should you'd want to tell. Now, it's up to each individual person because we all have That's freedom right. of choice. We have That's freedom exactly of right. choice. We've been given that. Uh, I hope we all always have freedom of choice. Uh, I begin to, to wonder make sometimes. a decision. Yeah, we're, yeah. You know, the world is changing. So uh, I I hope that we always have freedom of choice, but and, and but it's it's the, it has the greatest consequence. That's my message. One of the messages, actually, the choice we make has the greatest. The choice about Jesus has the greatest consequence. Well, I noticed and that I just looked at the book. The book is in front of me, and I, you know, there's a lot of most of the time when I'm done reading, I give it away. Well, I'm going to keep this one. I usually give okay. it away to somebody else to read. Well, thank you. Um, and the epilogue is very interesting. You included Moses and a whole and a, and a lot of other people. How did you create that at the end? Why did you include that in the epilogue so that people get to know another perspective? Where? What are you referring to? I'm not. Follow, I'm not following you. The ep, I'm reading the epilogue of the book. Right. Which is at the end. And right. I'm looking to see what you included a whole lot of different material in there. I have to find it. It's right oh, you're talking about the end times. Yeah, the end, the the epilogue. Yeah, oh, the, the end, end times. Time. Well, the scriptures yeah. reveal, uh, as best I could, because I'm not a scholar, I didn't go to seminary, I tried to summarize in layman's language what's going to happen next uh, and how it's all going to wind up, according to the scriptures, and my understanding, of course. Uh, so uh, it... it we go through several more trials. This is not the, the pandemic, and this is uh, not the end of it. This is, I think, the beginning of the end times. Uh, but there are many more things that are going to happen. Uh, on uh, This is as God reveals it in scriptures. And so that's why I put it in, because I, I feel the more knowledge we have, the better equipped we can make a decision about anything. We need to be informed. We can't, you know, uh, just make assumptions. We, you know, I know I make a lot of assumptions. Sometimes they come out to be wrong. So I learn not to make assumptions. Assumptions are not good. We have to have facts. And uh, my authority, as I said, is the Bible. So I, that's my final authority on all things. I'm following this. The scriptures reveal that the Bible is a lamp for our feet. So he's given us light, he's given us instruction, and then he's given us free will. We we can put the Bible aside, but the consequence is great. 
Well, I have one you know, final question. My pastor, page oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm on 200, page, two, page 280. This, this statement is very interesting. All right, they 280. Actually, All right, let me, let, me go, let me go to 280. It's the last paragraph, which I find oh, really wait, I have to, interesting. I have to get, I'm slow. 280. Okay, 280. Here I am on, on 280. Yes. God's purpose in calling the Jewish people was to display his glory, not only to them, but to the whole world. In order right. for them to do that, he needed a grateful, obedient people. But sadly, as I carefully right. read the Old Testament scriptures, I saw very clearly and with much surprise that disobedience and rebellion often marked their relationship with them. That's interesting. Yeah. Why did you include that? Include that? Well, because uh, I wanted to explain why, uh, or attempt to explain, why they didn't accept the Messiah. And uh, first, as I read the scriptures, quite to my surprise, I saw that the relationship, the Jewish people's relationship with God was a broken one. They were rebellious. Now, he chose them uh, for a very high purpose and calling. He wanted them to reveal to the rest of the world, the pagan world, that there's only one and true and living God. And he wanted them to share the truth with them. But uh, they rejected uh, the calling of God. And then finally, because they were not in a good relationship with God, they rejected uh, the Messiah. And they were rebellious many, many times in their relationship with God. And Jesus himself said to the Jewish people, if you had listened to Moses, mm -hmm. and this is key, this is Jesus speaking. He said to the Jewish people of his day, if you had listened to Moses, you would have listened to my teaching. And that's the key mm -hmm. element in understanding why they accepted, uh, why they rejected uh, did not accept the Messiah. God had a great purpose for them. But the good news, he's going to give them a second chance. They're going to give another chance. If you were going to write a sequel, what would you include? We've got about five minutes, four minutes. And then okay. I'm going to, like I said before, um, I'm going to do a second part. The, uh, relationships are difficult. For young people, especially today, I'll explain that after, which is the reason why I'm going to play something that just came out on iTunes everywhere. It's really interesting. Um, but where, if you were going to write a sequel, how would you incorporate Becky, of course, because you have to have Becky? What would you include next? Because I really think that her journey is not over. That's just my opinion. No, yeah, I would. Well, she's now in Israel. That's where yeah. God directed her. So then uh, I would probably have her. Uh, interact with people because he sent her on a mission there to share the gospel. Mm -hmm. uh, that's a daunting task, <laughs> to share the gospel uh, of their rejected Messiah uh, to the Jewish people there. And I probably would have her meet and fall in love with a, another mm -hmm. man. So she has a partner. I think that would be a good thing. She would have a partner. Uh, and they would do this together And then experience how the Jewish people Some would accept As now More and more Jewish people are accepting uh, The Messiah uh, Jesus And uh, so some would accept And some would reject uh, And then her experiences 
So then I would have to be challenged to be creative to make that book interesting. And Fran, I just want to say you've been you've been very encouraging, and I want to thank you uh, because I know you're not a believer and you are Jewish. And uh, you know, I wasn't quite sure. You know, I feel totally comfortable in the way you have encouraged me during this interview, and you've accepted and respected my point of view. And I really want to compliment you on that. You're very welcome. I do respect your point of view. So where can, before we end and I play this song, the song I'm going to play is called Eat Your Heart Out. It's about a relationship of a young person, namely my niece, that went bad. And mm-hmm. some relationships should stay exactly where they are, in the back. She was mm-hmm. troubled in school. She changed her whole life around because she has an aunt over here that wouldn't let go. And she decided that she wanted to do something special to tell all young people and even older people that sometimes relationships don't work out, but you have to move on and don't let it get you down. So where can mm-hmm. everybody, before I play Eat Your Heart, it's really good, otherwise I wouldn't play it. Where can we learn more about you and where can everybody get this book? Because I think more people need to read it. It's, well, thank you. It's available on Amazon. So okay. it's very easy to get. Well, actually, if you really look it up, I looked up my own titles because I have 19 of them, and um, you wouldn't be surprised. It's probably on Kobo, uh, Scribd, uh, Bond & Noble, fifth book that's everywhere. You'd be amazed that the book yeah, just no, goes everywhere. Yeah, no, that's true. It's the easiest place is Amazon. It's, a, it's um, Booktopia, Barnes & Noble, all the other places you mentioned. But the easiest place, because most people are using Amazon, is Amazon. where you can find it. Yes. I'm going to now play this song. If anybody wants to listen, I will take her opinions. This is really interesting. I love this. That's thank you my, so my, much, Fran, for the opportunity. Thank you to so talk much, you. everybody. Thank you. Have I a enjoyed great day. It. And I'm going to play this right now. If my if my phone will do it. Here we go. That's if my phone will do it. This is not doing it. Cardi. Oh. It's the wrong one. I think I'm going to have to table it. It's the wrong one. It's the wrong one. Oh. Okay. okay. Everybody, as I say at the end of every single show, this is very important to me. Uh, I don't know why the wrong song played on here, but I have the right tape over here. Um, I'm going to try one more time. But I'm going. I end the show in a very special way. For those of you that go outside, my one small ask is for everyone to please protect me, and I'll protect you. Please wear a mask. It's very important. <laughs> There's so much going on in the world that we need to do something that's right, and everybody needs to get together and wear a mask and social distance, and everybody stay safe. Marilyn, this has been fantastic. I enjoyed the interview. If and when you write another one, please let me know. Everybody have a I great will. day. Stay safe. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you, Fran.